Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows. This is an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, anyone vested in the world of education. I am Erin Barnes, the host of the show, and today I've got a a special guest. Uh, If you've listened to season one, you know that I very rarely am on the show by myself. I usually have an expert uh, because I am not one. So, Marshall, thank you for being my resident expert today. I'm so glad to be here on season two. I've never been on a season two of anything, so this is really exciting for me. I feel like I need to tell my family and everyone I've been on a season two. Season two. Here we are. I love it. Um, Well, for anybody who's just now finding the the podcast, um, you were on season one. Um, we've spoken before. You've given me a couple more topics for later in season two, so I, I assume you'll probably be back on the show. Fingers crossed. But who are you, and what do you do? How long have you been here? Like, give us your origin. The of stuff. Epic. The yeah. origin story of Epic. All right. So I'm Marshall Wade. I am a principal, reggae principal. I've been here for four years. Is not recording. It's not recording anything. Okay. What the? Seriously, what the heck? It says it's recording. I don't see anything. It says it's. Oh, it is recording. It's just in the middle of nowhere. Okay. So we're we're Sorry. good. We'll start it in the middle of nowhere. Okay. So tell us who you are. <laughs> the gotcha. origin story. Go. The origin story. I am Marshall Waite. Um, I am a principal, a reggae principal. Been here for I think this is starting my fourth year. Um, I love it. It's a great time. I enjoy it. Um, as far as origin stories go, man, I um, in my previous gig in a previous life, I had heard about Epic through a family that we had at our school, and I really didn't know much. And this is Epic four or five years ago. And Epic four or five years ago is a slightly different Epic than we have right now. And um, learned a little bit about it then. Uh, I had a, a friend through a leadership organization who told me more about Epic, and here we are. I've loved every minute of it. Woohoo! So you uh, came into the role as a principal. You had never been a principal in another school previously, correct? correct? Yeah. Correct. Same. I had taught in another school. Right. I had never been a principal in another school. So Right, right. Uh, we're probably ruined. Like, we, we'll <laughs> never be able to go to any other school because we just know, like... You say that, but that's... I feel that. Do you? I, I do. I mean, I think... The epic people listening would say that it's just, it's different. I mean, we don't say school can be different for no reason. Right. There's a reason for it. I think the the culture here is unlike anything I've ever experienced. And you know how it is. Like when you get out and work other gigs, do other things, I think the, the thing that you remember the most and the thing that you latch onto first is the culture of an organization. And, man, I just am crazy about what we've got going. I'm crazy about our culture here. I do think sometimes... Uh, my husband was like, oh, you know, so-and-so is hiring a single area subject, a grade level, you know, teacher cool. position. I think, 
I, I don't know that I'd like it for a long time, but right. I think I would like kill it for a semester. Right. You know, like can right. you can you imagine focusing on one subject and oh one grade gosh. level? Oh my gosh, yeah. I bet I bet if you were to ask some of our teachers, they maybe would say something different. But man, I I agree. I think I have a hard time imagining going back to do that. And I mean, I say that, I guess on the other side of it, I just want to be in and around school. Yes. Just however I can manage it, I don't care what I'm doing. I'll walk the dog. Doesn't matter. I just want to be here. Well, and you're from a history of educators, so That's like true. school is is in your blood. That's right. It's season one. <laughs> okay, so we we've chosen this topic evaluating this last year. Right. There are so many ways we could go with this. Um, but I'm really kind of, you know, if we're, if we're speaking to parents, if we're speaking to teachers, and even administrators, um, we, we can kind of narrow that down. We don't have to get into, I mean, our school is under different, or, you know, all those things. Let's, right. let's just keep it narrowed to the actual education part of it. Right. Um, evaluating the year. I mean, off the top of your head, how'd it go? Before we dive into the real questions. Before we dive into the real questions. I think it went well. I think anyone anyone that's listening, or you and I can probably agree that it was a tough year. Yeah. Um, tough for our families, for our teachers, tough for me, tough for my family. It was a really difficult year, but I, I reckon we'll probably talk quite a bit about reflection today. Just reflecting back to how the year went, I mean, goodness, there were still there were still games, um, there were still relationships that were built, there was still connection, there was still so much positive that came out of last year. So, all in all, and maybe I sound a little bit like an eternal eternal optimist. I'm okay with You're that. Such a Pollyanna. I I'm maybe a little bit. I'm okay <laughs> with that though. I uh, I I may be a little bit of a Pollyanna, but I'm can also kind of be a little bit dualistic with it too i would rather look back at last year and just find as much positive as i could and just mind as much positive as possible than harp on the negative negative. and if there was a year where you can oh. pick out some negative last year was the one that you could do that absolutely um okay well we build understanding through experiencing the world right, right? Uh, the process of reflection helps us develop our understanding more deeply and it it takes uh, intuitive knowledge and um, experiential knowledge, and it makes it shareable. Like if we can reflect, then then we're trying to find ways not only to get better, but to share our experiences. Right. It provides opportunity to step back, take a look at what it means, uh, what the work did for us, for the people we serve, for the community. Right. Um, and so I, I found these questions on the interwebs. Okay, um, they, they are. When you're trying to evaluate ups and downs, do you have like a specific flow or do you find questions out on the interwebs? I have a flow. Okay. And I'm, I'm right now thinking of when I talk to my teachers about their year and just kind of framing it the same way you framed it. I have a format, but it's intentionally pretty open-ended, right? So I like to ask first, again, I'm the eternal optimist, what were your successes of the last year? However, I don't like to strictly lead it, leave it up to professional positives. I want personal positive, personal successes, whatever, especially last year, especially with as much 
negative as we could pick out, I want for you to start with some kind of positive. And you know us, you know teachers, you know educators, you know people. We can find, you can find some negative and we can speak to negative like that. But I want for everyone to start with at least one successful outcome from last year. Yeah. I don't care if it's my cat live use the litter box. It's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I, I planted some. I feel like everybody planted something last yeah. year. I too planted stuff last year. But whatever it is, whatever your success was, we'll take it. And then on the other end of that, once we've kind of waxed poetic about your success, I want to know what your challenge was from last year. Uh, not a challenge that you set for yourself, but just a challenge that came in over and over and over again. That was exactly that. It was challenging to you. What was that? And I think the negative, if there was any negative, tends to come out of that challenge. So I've used these questions for a couple of years. Um, they are questions I had given my teachers previously. And I mean, almost any time I do something, I go to, to church camp, I'm going to come back and I'm going to answer these questions. They're like kind of my flow. And so okay. Marshall, as a principal this last year, what were some things you were avoiding Ooh, goodness. We're any tough, tough questions, uh, learning a piece of technology, learning a system. You know, I think one of the things I wanted to avoid, and I apologize to all of my English teachers out there because this is going to be a double negative festival right now. <laughs> but if there was anything that I wanted to avoid, I didn't want to. So I can word this in a way that's not a double negative. I'm good. I didn't want to solely focus on what's happening with your school life, right? I wanted to, I suppose, avoid strictly talking about school, Yeah. right? Um, I wanted to make a point to see how you are doing as a person. How has your life changed? What do you have going on? Because I think in difficulty, we all respond different. You know, our stress responses can be a little bit different. But before I can ask you anything about work before I can poke and prod about roster stuff I need to know about you yeah and if I don't know anything about you I, I wouldn't trust me if I didn't ask any questions about you so that's typically what I want to avoid is I don't want to be a one-trick pony I don't want to just do one thing you know yeah uh, I think as the parent of two epic kids I avoided regularly um, just, I don't know, there was something about my husband not being their teacher because, you know, he had moved into a different place within right. Epic. And so right. he wasn't their teacher and I wasn't their teacher. We had a teacher this year. And, um, and so when it came to the hard stuff, there were subjects that I would just say, you know what, let's not do that this week yeah. because I don't have time to invest in learning it, to be able to teach it, to be able to, you know, get it done. So I know that there were subjects we avoided from time to time sure. uh, to make our lives easier. Um, I know that there were conversations I avoided yes. to, um, I guess, stay copacetic, you know, to, yeah. to keep balance um, and not yeah, sure. ruin relationships as well. Uh, but that's the thing is balance is balance, right? You have to have a little bit of both. Sean, creative, genius, coming in the room to uh, see what we're doing here. I feel more energized right now. Well, good. Speaking of energy, uh, (laughs) what are you focusing 
your energy into or where where does that energy exist and where are you going to place like intentionally place energies next year or over the summer I mean we're evaluating last year but through that we're planning for the next year where is your energy and focus okay so I I don't only want to be an observer of this but I want to take an active role in um, watching people grow as you know as humans and as professionals I know me um, I know some of my areas of strength. I know some of my areas of challenge and some of my areas of weakness. I want to be authentic when I say that I want to watch people grow and help facilitate that growth. I know that for some people that I'm around, that may be, hey, I want to dig into the relationships that you're, you know, have going on with your families or, or whatever else. I know that for some, it's going to be, hey, I really want to get into in the weeds, academic goal setting beginning of the year, not even beginning of the year, from the summer on. Yeah. Um, it it kind of goes person to person, but I really, and I will use this word a lot, I think it's a great word, but I think sometimes it's overused. I'm going to try not to use it inappropriately. Um, but I want to be very intentional about how I observe and take an active role in my people's growth mm-hmm. this year. That's, that's the thing. And over the summer, I try to create like an informal motto and an informal mission and vision for myself and my team we're also going to start to do the same thing creating a more formal mission and vision that takes some of that stuff into consideration right taking into consideration how you want to grow as a as a human taking into consideration uh, how we want to grow our team academically that's something that we're going to get started with and that's probably one of the biggest things i'm excited about this summer we've tried this once before and i felt like it i felt like it went okay um but i i want to get a little bit deeper with it I want to get you know some good feedback, and I got good feedback last year. But I really want to I want to create something that's going to be long lasting. I think that's done now. Are do you do you have any keywords that you're already floating to be a part of that mission statement? Or I do, Aaron. But I like to live life on the edge. I like to be a little bit different with it. I have some words, but they're just they're school words, and school words are great and all, mm-hmm. but. I want to have a pretty healthy mix between school words and just words that we enjoy. So things like, yeah, academic excellence comes to mind, but what does that really mean? And is there something else that we can choose other than academic excellence? Um, I always want to be a person that prioritizes relationships, but is there another way that we can spend that? But usually that's where I kind of like to go is something that incorporates you know, our end game. We hope to have teachers and we hope to have students that have, again, grown personally and they've grown as kiddos you know our teachers have grown as as humans that's really what I'm shooting for this year good so let's speak to some of the parents and students out there I mean I've got students who are writing uh uh the reviews on which is awesome Um, I feel like that's a moment that's a whole that's a thing. Somebody said, I want to be on the podcast, and I don't. I didn't recognize the username oh, or anything no. like that, and so I was like, man, I want you to be on the podcast. Oh, the young people, I mean, okay, slight tangent, but man, don't give up on the young people. Right. They're in it. They're engaged with it. I've got a whole episode I'm doing on what young leaders want right. us to know. Love that. So that's coming someday down the road. But, okay, so you're, you're speaking truth to these kiddos right now. Mm-hmm. Where should they focus their energy this next year? 
Ooh. I mean, obviously, school, right? right. But mm-hmm. if you were going to speak to a kiddo who's in newly enrolled, or maybe this is their fourth year enrolled, mm-hmm. um, what do you want those kiddo? What do you want the new kiddo to know? What do you want the fourth, fifth, sixth year kiddo to know? A couple of things. Uh, number one, I don't care if you've been here for a week or for eight years or whatever. I want to ask you why Epic. Yeah. And I want for you to dig deep and really think why Epic. I think that your why determines your own individual goal setting. I think your why determines uh, your potential for growth. That why, if you are truthful with it, means everything. So that's one of the first things, especially people that are young people that have made this decision, that have chosen to come here, um, and that are kind of waiting to get started, one of the ways to prepare right now is to ask yourself, why Epic? Write it down. Put it on your vision board. Put it on a sticky note. Uh, Write it on your hand. I don't care where you put it, but I need for you to document somewhere for your eyes why Epic is the place that you're at. I love that. Number one. Number two. Um... I always want for young people to strive for their best uh, best outcome, do their best academically, <clears throat> which we're going to push you with this year. But I want to push our young people to grow and to experience new things emotionally. Um, school is a really special place. We say a lot in and around school that we want for students to feel safe and feel know loved and everything else Um, and I want to be I want to own that that promise so for that to work um, I want to commit you know to our students emotional well-being as well as that as well as their academic well-being but I also want for our kids to do a piece of that too Um, you know how are you doing right now we've just come out of a really challenging year where you experienced fear and hurt joy and you know sadness and everything just like everybody else yeah Uh, You just happen to be a few years younger than me, but you have feelings, you have responses. So I want you to really dig deep to how you are doing right now. Say you're in an ILP as a teacher with a kiddo and their family. And you ask that kiddo, why Epic? Mm -hmm. And they say, I don't want to be here. Mom wants me to do this. Dad wants me to do this. Grandma wants me to do this. What do you say to that kid and that family at the moment? Mm -hmm. It's a question I've gotten before. I mean, a lot. And I always encourage my teachers to, when they're at their ILP, to do that same thing before you do anything, before you start talking through ICAP and whatever else, I want for you to ask why. So for our listeners out there, they're on my team. Please expect for that teacher to ask you why Epic first. Um, But yeah, it's come up. What I typically say and the conversation I typically like to have is I, I get it, number one. And I can't ask that question, why Epic, without expecting a whole bunch of different responses. So first off, your response is okay. Yeah. Uh, I get that this may not be for you with the space that you're in right now. I get that this may just not not have been 100% your call. But knowing that, what can we do to maximize your experience here? Because now that we put that out in the air, now that you've made that known, we now have some power. 
and we have we can have the ability to make, make something happen to get something done so what can we get done here what's one thing two things whatever that you want to look back on at the end of the year and say well i at least did that give me something and that may not be a quick answer honestly that's another direction i like to go to with that why is not everybody has an immediate <clears throat> excuse me has an immediate why ready i get that it takes thought i want it to take thought and especially when we get that response of uh i really don't know i haven't figured that out yet or i really don't want to be here what can you take from this please stop please think about it and you know let's carry this on at another time i think it would be a good <clears throat> opportunity to explain what the school year would look like i think um just it's, it's been an interesting year. Every single Epic Live that I've done, every single podcast, every family that's ever called, um, taken me up on the... I, I mean, I give my name and my email address out on every episode. Right. Um, several have taken me up on it. And I think the number one thing I've heard from these families is they had no clue what they were getting into, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you ever take that opportunity of, I don't want to be here, to recommend going back to that local brick and mortar i mean if if they're if they're why they left wasn't good enough i mean i I don't want a kid to go back to a bullied situation i don't want a kid to go into um something that he's gonna hate or she's gonna loathe forever but if your plan isn't to do epic what are you enrolled here for right yeah, so again, I think it comes back to the honesty piece, right? I think it's always really easy to say, well, you know, one party in the situation may say, I really don't want to be here. And another party in this situation may say, well, we need to be here because whatever we, this I see is the best possible option. But again, I need you to get to the heart of the why. Um, you know, what, what truly is your reason? Is it, like you said, a situation where um, you were being bullied or anything else? Does this provide more... Uh, flexibility with the schedule for you so again I have to have that honest piece I think I think it does take some finesse with the consideration for going and returning to brick and mortar I want to be clear and I don't think this is earth-shattering crazy information epic isn't for everybody right and that's okay if this is not for you Um, I will since I love the place I will always recommend give it a try, um, you know, really dig into it and give it a shot. But at the end of the day, I know that this place is not for everybody. This place isn't for every teacher. This place isn't for every principal. Right. It is, it's not for every human. So if you can't give me a try on it, consider that. Consider what's the best outcome for you. I just want for kids to be great. Yeah. I just want for kids to be happy. And if that means maybe we're not at Epic, but we're someplace else, cool. That makes you happy, go for it. Happy and educated. Happy and educated and engaged (laughs) and safe and everything else. So that might be something that hinders that kiddo. What, Marshall, uh, have you been holding back on? How have you been hindering growth yourself? Mm. Okay. So sometimes I worry personal moment vulnerable moment yes no I mean that's, this is a, you picked <laughs> we picked the greatest this is topic. a good one for sure yeah sometimes I worry that for the people that I'm around daily doesn't matter if it's my teachers you know other colleagues and stuff um, 
Yeah, sometimes I worry that I'm not open enough with my thoughts. And I know everybody has their filter, uh, but I think sometimes I may filter too much and filter away from the point. Mm-hmm. I can be flowery. I can, you know, I can put sprinkles and glitter on a lot of stuff. But I think I have definitely been in some situations where just some direct honesty would have been great. But instead, I got really worried about, right, I, how can I make this palatable? How can I soften it? How can I round off some of these edges? And sometimes that's not that's not it. Sometimes we have a hard edge, and it is what it is. Um, I just think, and I, I do not mean this in like a, like a hero sense, please don't take it that way. But I, I think sometimes I just I don't want to see people feeling bad, and I don't want for my words to be the reason that they feel that way. So yeah, I, I definitely see myself taking off some of those edges, and I don't know. I, I think that that's something that I want to look into. So I, I mean, as you're talking, I was like, "Where's my phone?" I just wrote Gotta a note it. this morning. Gotta Do you take it. notes? And to, oh, I take yeah. notes in here. I, I, mean, <laughs> I have notes all over. The um, I'm sitting here with three journals plus hey, two. Yeah, I'm, I'm a dork. Um, but I was just listening to a podcast this morning uh, by Adam Grant. Do you know who he is? Author. Right. So he's a social. Uh, um, no, it was uh, uh, institutional psychologist. Very fun. Okay, so he kind of he would be like a high level Hazard organization running like psychologist. Okay. Like well, he was, he was talking with this gal and he was, he said that research shows novices act, react better from, um, positive phraseology mm-hmm. because they're already insecure about what they're doing anyway. Right and experts react better to critical, uh, hard hitting feedback. Interesting. Do you think you can easily identify your novices and your experts, first of all? And do you think that you could shape? The last thing we want to do is couch the actual feedback, right? right? We, we don't want to be in a situation where we have to say something to somebody, but then they miss the point because we were trying to be flowery or right. to the point. Um, do you think you can recognize who who you should speak in positive phraseology to and who takes the critical feedback. I think we all kind of exist on the spectrum, right? I think there are times where, again, depending on the situation, sure, maybe it's a a positive phraseology type thing, uh, and then we can roll with that. But yeah, overall, I feel comfortable with that. And the thing that I want to just keep in my head that feels sustaining to me is that there is truth and love, and clear as kind. I know we say clear as kind a lot, and it's it has also become really popular, but I think it's popular for a reason. Um, so my hope, my personal hope, is that I want to experience a little bit of both with everybody. Uh, I want to be able to phrase things positively, and I, I trust myself to be able to do that. But I also want to be able to trust myself enough and trust everybody enough. This is real vulnerable. Mm, trust wait till you everybody get the next enough. question. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to be able to trust everybody enough to, you know, know that when I'm giving some of this direct, 
maybe off the beaten path, maybe slightly critical feedback, it's not coming from a place of um, anger or mistrust or being unnecessarily critical. If anything, it's because I just want to see you do well. And that's, I know this is getting real loopy right now, but that's what has pushed me in that direction is, do I really want to see people do well if I don't give my feedback or, you know, give this view or whatever, when it is the appropriate time for me to do that. Mm-hmm. If if I file off every single edge, is that really being my best for them? Right. You know, I'm curious about the second question. Though. Okay. I'm prepared. Okay. So it's, it's a tough one. Um, I like a good tough question. So I've had every, well, every single year. I mean, it's, it seems like we get a new roster all the time, right? right? Uh, whether it's students, teachers, um, you know, you move to a different position, you get a whole new group of people you're working with. Right. I try to, um, I try to operate with each person um, in the most professional and loving way mm-hmm. that I know. True. I know that I'm um, pointed sometimes and not yeah. very fluffy. Um, but how are you going to be contributing to your least enjoyable relationship at work this next year? For me, um, I never want the person to know that they're my least enjoyable relationship. Obviously that's horrible. Um, I, I plan to on purpose, make more interactions. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? On purpose, get to know them a little bit better. How do you pour into or um, how do you work with your least enjoyable coworker? I'm going to be very quiet. I want to listen to you and to understand. It is 100%. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) I, uh, I want to listen and really be more emotionally present in that case. Um, Because if it's that really unpleasant situation, I think that's a two-way street Mm -hmm. sometimes. Uh, I know sometimes folks can just rub you the wrong way and it's totally unwarranted, but I'm in control of my response. I'm in control of, you know, how I pour into this thing and, no, I think how I want to pour into it is I want to really listen to you. I want to understand you. I may not always agree with what you have to say, uh, but I want to hear what pushes you. Yeah. I want to hear what motivates you. Um, and with everybody else, just like I would with anybody else, I want to be clear. I want to be fair. I want to, just like everyone else as well, I want to see you become your best self. I think that's part of our charge in leadership, right, is... Sure, we may not agree with everybody. We may butt heads from time to time. But my goal is still to see you, you know, reach these goals that have been set or reach the goals that you set for yourself. Yeah. However we get there is how we get there. But it's my job to be a part of the journey. And I want to be a good, positive, contributing member on that track. How could you have been more effective in your most recent meeting? Hmm. 
I think I think I maybe could have solicited feedback a little bit more. I I like to talk. It's probably a surprise. <laughs> no way. A surprise to many. But I like to talk. And um, I sometimes worry that I'm, I'm talking too much. And at my last one that I can remember, I, I distinctly remember thinking, am I listening enough? Am I really taking time to listen and to receive feedback, to ask for feedback, and to be able to accept it, you know, wholeheartedly? That was something that I, I left my last interaction thinking, uh, did I did I go into that thinking, okay, I just want to survive in advance, or did I go in thinking I just want to come out of this better or whatever else? In the, that's the direction I want to go in. I am the queen of multitasking. Mm. You've seen me here now. I got you. Um, I feel like sometimes that makes me... Um, not, I mean, I mean, obviously it makes me look not as uh, interested mm-hmm. sometimes. And I, I've, I'm incredibly interested. I, I mean, I'm a part of the meeting on purpose. Right. And, and most of the time, in most of my weekly meetings, I'm there uh, not because anybody's telling me to be, but it's because I, I want to be there. Truth, yeah. Um, and so I really am showing up on purpose but I'm also trying to fill this last feedback, you know, component out. But I'm also, you know, sending this email. But I'm also, oh, I'll get you that answer via text. And, and I feel like Apple products, as amazing as they are, thank you, Apple. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, my phone and my computer and my bag are all going to go, you're welcome. Yeah, I know. But, but you can get a notification on your watch and then go straight to your computer and answer it. Right. And then take that text message and copy and paste it into your, um, I mean, it's just so seamless, the workflow that an Apple product, the Apple product line brings you once you get over a few humps. Right. Um, Like exiting out of the left instead of the right. It's weird. It's, my husband was not an Apple fan for a long time just because of that. That's the only hangup. But I do feel like I multitask too much during meetings and that makes me a less effective listener. Can I ask you a question? Uh, A less competitive. Of course, yeah. This is... I can't wait. Oh, gosh! I think I know your primary voice. You're a creative, Mm -hmm. right? How do you think your primary voice or your leanings as a creative plays into that thought about multitasking? Oh, I know. uh, 100%. I know people think I'm scatterbrained, uh, not listening, um in a project for five minutes, you know, I I mean, I know all of the downsides of that creative. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things as I'm evaluating this year, um, intentionally, I I plan to intentionally take all those notebooks and put them on the ground. Uh, My phone is literally behind me right now. So I don't see notifications. My watch is not on my wrist. It's not there, people. Um, (laughs) So I am trying to very intentionally, uh, set my distractions aside. I'm listening. I really am listening. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I could also do this one little task while I'm listening. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I know the perception that gives off. And so I'm I'm very intentionally trying to remove those distractions. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Did that answer your question? It did. I just, I'm a creative as well, right? Um, My primary is creative and I'm a connector after that. Me too. And I know exactly what you mean. And I'm 
very aware of some of the downsides of being a creative when I'm talking. Yes. Like when I'm in a meeting with other principals or my teachers or whatever, because I feel like I'm starting to go and go on. And I have this moment mid sentence where I'm like, is this making any sense? Back off, do I just, back off, do I just Aaron. sound like I'm going a million miles an hour? And I promise I have an end goal with this, but I'm just kind of idea processing out loud. Yeah. And then I just stop. And it's hard because idea processing is a, verbal thing mm-hmm. for, I mean, I know it is for me. Um, but then on the Myers-Briggs indicator side, so I know we went five voices, so mm-hmm. we can kind of simplify things. Right. On the Myers-Briggs side, I'm an ENTP. Um, la, la, la. They call me the debater. Okay. And so, Marshall, I will, we've got a topic we need to discuss. We're, we're bringing on a new grade book, mm-hmm. right? This mm-hmm. is something that's happening. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm for or against it, I'll argue the, the other side. And yeah. so that also, with the creative in mind uh, as well, I come across as a negative Nancy sometimes, mm-hmm. um, scatterbrained, and um, I've got like 5,000 ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I might need to name 4,000 of them just to find the one that I'm actually going to go with. And so yeah. I, I know the perception that that gives. And it, it is rough. It's hard for people to follow along. And that's part of my evaluation too. They tuned out while we were dri- while they were driving right here. One thousand percent. They're now like <laughs> we just pulled in the sonic or something like that because these <laughs> these folks are going on. No, I think that especially in my evaluation from last year, me looking forward to next year, yeah, I want to be really aware of that too. I don't want to have too many different things and too many different whatever hats that, you know, I'm I'm wearing. I think sometimes that wears away. For me, it's just my thought, my perception. I think sometimes for me that wears down on how present I really am. Mm-hmm. So that really could be another answer to that last question. Um, how present am I really? Well, I can't stop who I am. I mean, I, I am cool with my creative whatever, my creative voice. But I still want to be able to work this and shape it in such a way that, yeah, I'm present. I'm, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm engaged, um, and I want to be creative with you because I know that I'm talking to a nurturer and I know that I'm talking to a pioneer and everything else. Um, so I want to be able to, to use that and to be able to, I don't want to say keep it in check, that's not my favorite thing, but you know, just be aware of it, work with it, and just maintain my engagement. Hone yourself in. Hone myself in. Okay, last tough question. I'm ready. What's the hardest truth? you've ever uncovered during your reflection or self-evaluation or evaluation of the last year? Hmm. That is a tough question. So Way we, to save that for the end. Yeah. While you're thinking, uh-huh. I'll give you a moment. For myself, I remember a couple of years back, uh, I felt like I had been passed on a promotion Mm -hmm. that I deserved I mean in my head how could you go with anybody else because I feel like I've been a part of this and this and this and this and look at all these things that I've helped with right Mm -hmm. but the hardest truth I've ever unpacked honestly was coming to this team and being around these lifetime educators right I'm a 10 year old 
educator, 12 years, if you want to take paraprofessional into it. Gotcha. I'm, 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 I'm not even a teenager yet. Yeah. And I've got people that I've been working with who have been in education for 20 years, gotcha. yeah. 30 years. Yeah. And I, it was the most humbling um, and also hardest uh, truth that I've ever uncovered. Like, you idiot. Yes, you've been a part of great things and add those to your resume, but you still don't know. And that, that was that was hard and also super humbling at the same time. Uh, and I feel so, I don't know, I, fortunate right now to be under Shelly Hickman, who has, I mean, she was at the State Department for years before she came here. You know, who the, the wealth of knowledge she is and to think that, I mean, not that she wasn't the role I was trying to go for, or anything, sure, sure, but no, you. you know. Um, but it's just I, I'm I'm still a new guy at yeah. the in the grand scheme of things. There are things I've not yet experienced, and so um, not getting the promotion was actually probably one of the best blessings that I've experienced. And it's just taken me a couple of years to realize it was a blessing. That's how all the good ones are, though. Oh, it takes some distance. You know, yeah. to be able to get there, but I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, um, I think that my thing is um, I am not as well-rounded that I real as I really need to be. I love leadership. I'm crazy about leadership. I there are very few things that I truly nerd out about. This is <laughs> and I have become very aware as of the last year that yeah, I have some areas in which man I'm deficient. Like I have to just be better. Yeah. And it's stuff that just it cuts me to my core because it's true. Um, I have a really hard time with accountability. A really hard people time. holding you accountable or me you holding, holding other people okay okay I have such a hard time with that because I want for folks to feel like they can come to me with their true selves all the imperfections and it's not a, a personal thing it's really more of a professional thing um, and I just that is an area that I really I've had to face some hard truths this year about I'm not where I want to be with that part of my leadership journey. But it's kind of like you were saying, it took me a while to get there. And I mean, I'm so fortunate. I've got so many teachers and I mean, just a, just an amazing you know, supervisor who have watched me work through that and have grown me through that. So, I mean, I'll always have the best teachers and boss in the world, but they've seen me kind of go through that and grow through that. But now it's time to actually make it happen. Get in it. I've, I've studied it. I've looked at it. I've tried mm. to, you know, look at myself in the mirror. I've tried to imagine what it's like to be on the other side of me. I, I feel like I've done that, but now is the actual time where you do it. Yeah. And i I would be a forever student if you let me. I'd study myself forever if you let me. And you are, you've gone back to school again, haven't you? I'm in the thing. I'm wanting to, and so I'm trying to decide. It's a thing. I know. I can't stop. Well, I think it should be a yes. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 
that is that's something that I've become really really aware of um, and it's it's hard but the one enduring thought that I have about that idea right now is I can't okay this is the English teacher thing they're gonna hate me for I can't not I'm so sorry don't don't hurt me please but I have to I, I want to take this to the next level and me taking this to the next level is understanding that that one key piece that accountability piece has to be to be at the top of my list and I trust myself to be able to do it I think I can all right Marshall it's always a pleasure to have you on this show I we we can nerd out we, we have sure nerded out can. before <laughs> I feel I like. know we can um well that's all the time we have today thank you for uh helping us get this season going again uh tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for the rapidly evolving world that we're living in.